Hi, I'm Alice Zhao. I'm Curtis Herbert. And I'm Jelly, a.k.a. Daniel Farrelly. And this is Independence, a show where the three of us talk about our efforts to stay afloat in the sea of web and mobile business. <laughs> Just not sync. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's apt. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, Gus on the go. We are essentially in our third incarnation of the app. For those of you who don't know, um, it started out as a language app, vocabulary language app for kids. And we had one language, one app per language. Um, and then we rolled out a sequel that was story based. And now we are semi being forced to create a single app experience. Oh, the joys of the app store. <laughs> this is where we wanted to go eventually. We're just, you know, being forced our hand a little earlier. But anyway. I was actually curious as to going back in time and uh, finding out about how you guys moved from idea to your first submission, because essentially we're doing that right now, almost, right? Yeah. And so how did you guys go from, I'd like to have a gift library app or, you know, track my slopes or my snowboarding experience assuming that's what they were before you even created it so what was your first official submission to the app store like mine was really bare bones that was actually something i tried to force myself to do because i'm inherently a perfectionist and wouldn't ship software if i left my own devices so i started work in april and submitted to the app store in time for ios 7 so mid-september and or early september with the release cycle and it was really a skeleton app like i focused on giving you the core functionality that i envisioned slopes would have so you could record your day you could see some stats while you're recording and then at the end of the day you would get some kind of recap but that was generally it like you got all the stats you had kind of a map view and kind of a 3d view but it was really bare bones it, it was something that i knew i kept a lot of stuff out of there that I wish I could have shipped. And I always joke like version 1.2 is my actual 1.0 in my head. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was bare bones. Jelly, did you are, are you that disciplined? <laughs> so mine was two bare bones, actually. Oh, no, it's a hard balance. So gift wrapped the first time that I technically like submitted an app to the store. It was basically just a GIF library. It had no method, uh, no real methods of like finding GIFs within the app or doing any of that sort of stuff that you can do in it. And the, uh, Apple review turned around and said, we need this to do more. Like it doesn't do enough. I mean, <laughs> never mind the fact that it wow. actually was like, it did a fair bit. I like it didn't have any con doesn't it's never had any content within it, but it it held your gifts, synced them to Dropbox, did all the things that the library should do. But yeah, they said that like they said like it's got to, you got to do more. You need to put something else into it. Like you need to make it, you know, something else. At the time, I had like already been like planning putting things like search and stuff into the app. It's just mm -hmm. like I had tried to ship something that was very simple. And because I was you know, now in a rush to get it out, I rushed as much as, as much of that stuff into the app as I possibly could and then was able to actually launch it. So at the time, that was like search and I think photos and Twitter, like a Twitter stream of GIFs. And so I, like, I jammed all that, all that in there in the shortest amount of time I could and, and just pushed it out to the store. How long did it take you? 
Oh, I, the first the first round of stuff, like pre previous to that, it was like a few months. Like it was two or three months, I think. And then it was about a month between getting the rejection and getting everything mm. else in there. Now, was that full time for you or was that nights and weekends or... At the time, it was it was over kind of the Christmas break here in Australia. So, it, like we like businesses tend to shut down for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember if I was working, I feel like I might have been like doing freelance stuff, and I was freelancing all the way up until Christmas, and then just kind of pushed through for a month, and then like relatively quiet post Christmas. So I was able to get a little bit of extra work in, and then kind of you know push it out to the store, and then it shipped like really early February. So. You know, it was pretty quick. It was pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. That's fast. Yeah. Mine, when I said April to September, that was, that was not full time. That was part time work up until I think the beginning of August. And then I gave myself a month and a half off of contracting work to say, okay, let's get this out the door because I need some real hours to put into it to finish yeah. it up. Oh, yeah. I, I, th- I think I found, I found that as well. Like I had been putting slow, deliberate work into it over the course of, mm-hmm. you know, a few months and it was a relatively simple thing. But it was that was on top of like doing freelance stuff, doing a bunch of web work for clients and stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah, I think the last kind of little push was, you know, that that was definitely that was definitely full time. Otherwise, I w- it would have taken me, you know, many more months. Yeah. I want to say officially it was six months from beginning to first submission. And most of it was in drawing. <laughs> for Gus on the go 1.0? Yeah, we you know, at that time, you don't have any money or yeah. any resources. So we're like, I guess we're drawing everything on our own. And as a kid's app, I think there's a lot of forgiveness when your graphics are a nice. little primitive. Yeah. But I'm also a little embarrassed to tell you that all these years later, it's probably pretty similar to what we first submitted. <laughs> there hasn't been a lot of variation. Uh, a lot of it is because we, you know, added a lot more languages instead of working on improving mm-hmm. the original app. But um, what were some of the first decisions you guys made when you guys just had this the idea of the app floating in your head? What are some of the things that you're like, okay, I've I've got to make sure this is in the app? GifRept always, always, always had the concept of just a library with some form of syncing because I wanted to be able to basically collect my gifts anywhere, mm-hmm. and there wasn't there wasn't really any sort of setup for that. Like obviously things like Dropbox and stuff already existed and had apps and stuff like that, but it was just not, it didn't provide the same sort of level of like very specific kind of feature sets that, that, and they've grown a lot since then too. But that was probably the dis- the first decision that I made was this is what I'm going to ship. This is just this, like this is the thing that I care mm. about the most. Obviously that didn't pan out. Um, I had to sh- I had to like shoehorn a bunch of other stuff in very quickly, but I just I I put in what I thought I I wanted in that way I would build on it in the future. I'm actually having some fun and while you were talking, I was completely listening to you, but I was also looking up all my old release notes um, to bring back to my mind some of the features that I had deferred for uh, version 1.0. So I mean, obviously you had to be able to record your day and you had to see some kind of real time feedback that you were recording and get some stats there. And then the core of slopes for me, the thing that really got me working on the project was the idea of that 3D view that I have. So you could visualize your runs down the mountain, not just on an overhead map, but actually rendered in 3D space. So like the idea of visualizing your day in a unique way was kind of the core of 1.0. So you could switch between a 3D and a 2D view. 
but just making it really easy to scroll through all your stats and visualize it too was kind of the core. But for example, so some of the ones I pulled, like the 3D view, it was above a table section. Think uh, people probably know Fantastical, the iOS calendar app, where you can scroll the table view at the bottom and then the calendar's at the top part of the screen and you see yourself move oh, around sure. up there. So the 2D and 3D view were only at that top of the screen and not even full screen at that point. Like they were the full width, but, you know, partial height. Um, so like I didn't get a th- full screen 3D view until version 1.1. And that was like arguably should have been in the 1.0, but I knew I just didn't have time to hook up all the playback controls and do everything crazy I wanted there. 1.2, I finally, I actually added an edit button. Like, so when you saved your day, you couldn't edit anything about it before. And there was no reason to until 1.2, I added things like notes and you could attach photos, like the things that are kind of the core of slopes nowadays, you know, it it really personalizes it. So you can see the pictures you took and stuff like that, add notes. And like, I didn't even have a summary screen until 1.2. Like literally you view your day and it was just that table view with the map on top of it. And then 1.3 added the idea for like share cards, something I've always wanted to do, like a cool way to post your stats online that friends will Mm -hmm. actually understand. Like that didn't come out till February, it looks like. Of your first season? Yes. Okay. And that's something that like my users, it's a core part of Slopes. Like people love those share cards and that's a big deal for them. And it wasn't even out in the original version. And I kind of decided like, yeah, the social share stuff will be nice, but I can't delay shipping because they can always share later. That was kind of the core of my thought process there. Like all these features that I'm adding, they can go back to their old data and edit or share or do all that stuff later. But the core of the tracking and at least the idea of what this might become from a visualization standpoint had to ship with that 1.0. Were there any other skiing apps on the store when you first launched? Oh, yeah. Yeah. My competitor launched uh, and actually i used them this season before slopes and i wrote slopes because i wanted to do things a little bit differently um and then there was another competitor at the time too which is pretty much gone by the wayside and my feature set didn't quite line up with theirs certainly but i was the only one doing anything like that 3d view Mm. or making it easy to see a map with your stats like normally you'd have to poke between multiple screens on those other apps so like already the ux was feeling a bit better even though it was bare bones um, so that's, a, again, enough of, like, show them the concept of where I want to take this app. Yeah. Well, and, the, and not to get ahead of ourselves, but I feel like that's one of the things that you kind of go into when you're making an app. If there is stuff out there already, you want to do better than it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're going to be compared. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be better in every way. You just have to be better in the ways that count. Right. That, that's one of the things that you have to deal with. And it's like, I mean, I didn't really have any competitors GIF keyboards weren't a thing when GIF wrapped first <laughs> shipped. I was not not necessarily the first GIF app on the store, but definitely one of the earliest ones. And the feat I mean the feature that I've always had that no GIF app has ever has ever really built in is the fact that you can create your own library and share from that library. All of the other ones that came out within the first like the first lot of GIF keyboards and stuff like that, they all were like pre-curated libraries that you had you could search through and select from but like you couldn't add your own gifts you couldn't do your own thing and that was like that was has always been super important to me and clearly it's important to a bunch of my other users as well it's not it's definitely not the most used feature in the app that is by fast search and probably the twitter importing thing 
but like it means a lot to enough people that that's what has you know made the app as popular as it is well, yeah and that's where you're saying like be better and it's not even necessarily better it's just you have to have a reason to differentiate yourself yeah like you have to show kind of what's going to make you unique and why should people buy into this platform so early on exactly you know show them that that kernel and then grow from there perhaps that's what we didn't quite do <laughs> we had we we shipped and then didn't do a whole lot with it in terms of like the, that singular experience unless you wanted another language so i i think this is where i'm trying to you know gather all my lessons learned <laughs> into these this third incarnation then why did you like why did you make the decision that you made like you basically shipped a 1.0 and then moved on to providing different languages what was the reasoning behind that it was easier <laughs> because all we had to do all the graphics were there all the mechanics were there yep. yeah we just had to create new recordings a couple new graphics and then we shipped out a new thing and then and it also gave me the opportunity to find a new market and work with that so it was kind of like just being able to jump on a new marketing opportunity and that, I mean, we also, we wanted several languages because between the two of us, we speak several languages and mm. we wanted our kids to learn several different languages. So we knew it, we had at least five that we wanted to cover. And then it kind of just felt easy to, to add from there. We were attracted to maybe expanding into Android. So then we did that next. And so it avalanched <laughs> a, a bit and, and, you know, it afforded us a certain opportunities. Um, but looking back, I feel like maybe that wasn't the smartest thing to do. Well, it's, it's hard to know that stuff because the yeah. language market, there are a lot of verticals in there. There are a lot of languages. Yeah. So the uh, I, I could certainly see an app platform, you know, if you're an all-in-one app, as you will be today, yeah. you're going to have a lot of demand from users for languages that you don't support yet. Like that's going to be a strong demand assuming you're getting your core stuff fine. So I don't think that was necessarily yeah. a mistake on your part at all. It was just easy to chase that, right, yeah. I think. <laughs> well, and, and that gets to like, it, it's hard to figure out what your market's going to reward that versus more features. Right. You know, that that's ultimately the question. You know, it it could be a very sound strategy that for your Gus 1.0, you didn't need that many more features and more languages was the answer. That could be the right answer there. And it was just, you know, the way that you were charging for it at the time didn't make it sustainable but it was still the right gameplay yeah. at the time yeah maybe yeah. <laughs> we'll see well now i think your secret is finding sustainability and that wasn't yeah, something we were exactly, obsessed exactly. with back when you launched right. gus 1.0 right. but even then like your approach with moving into multiple languages as opposed to like just expanding on the feature set of your one app at the time that was the best approach for um sustainability like more apps equals more money right yeah. you're not going to get that by shipping features to your already paid users they're not going to like repay you or anything like that it's right subscriptions for apps weren't really a thing so much then yeah right and most people had to wait like you at least had languages to move into most people had to wait for their 2.0 or their 3.0 to charge again mm -hmm. yeah. and to get money back into the company but your strategy of paid up front and a lot of little verticals you know, that that I think worked well for Gus at the time. Yeah, at that time. And then I believe the <laughs> uh, the app store changed quite a bit in the last six years or so. So, yeah, it has. Paid up front apps <laughs> are hard and they've always been hard to keep sustainable. And I think it was just right. we were finally getting to the point where that was starting to really hit us in the feels. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I assume that because we all work on things that we care about, how did you assess that you had a market besides a market of one being yourself? <laughs> oh, that's a whole podcast topic. Um, <laughs> that's true. Well, no. So like I did spend a lot of time on this snowboarding subreddit. The skiing subreddit wasn't quite as friendly to me. I think they knew I was a snowboarder. But <laughs> I, I, I spent some time on there, put some surveys together, try and get a feel for the things people cared about. Like, do you care about leaderboards versus do you care about this kind of tracking? Like very high level, broad feature sets just mm -hmm. to focus in on. Um, and that was just to kind of confirm. I already kind of had an idea of what I wanted to do, but I wanted to confirm the direction there. Yep. And then I had a friend who had access to uh, university research stuff, and he was able to pull up some case studies on ski resorts worldwide and see like how big that market is, how many people ski in the States versus Europe, you know, how much money is in that industry, what kind of investments are being made. Just so I could say like, okay, if I can get 1% of 1% of 1% of 1%, what does that equal? And kind of just back up my justification of like, yeah, people spend a lot of money in this sport. So that kind of gave me the confidence to move forward. And then this survey kind of gave me some confidence of like, I was headed in the right direction. That sounds like such a Curtis thing. Because <laughs> at the same time, I'm what imagining what all of the rest of us are going to answer. And I'm like, I have a feeling neither of us are going to answer. <laughs> yeah, mine was a lot less, uh, <laughs> a lot less like thought out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My my approach is less like research the heck out of it and more like, yeah, I'll just dive in and if I break my neck, then that's okay, I guess. That's probably where both of us fall. Because <laughs> remember, I just jump, right? I'm, I just jump. I mean, part of the thing that I went through is that like, I, I mean, obviously I wanted it, which is one thing, but then... The classical way to start. Yeah, I, it's, it's the classic way. But I, while I didn't do as much research, I didn't look into the stats of like, how many people use GIFs? I mean, GIFs were becoming, <laughs> well, I mean, they were kind of already a relatively big thing at the time. So it was like, okay, well, I can, pr there's, you know, there's plenty of people out here yeah. there that are interested in this at the very least. I can, there's probably money in there's it. There's money in them, their hills. <laughs> uh, striking oil. It's like GIFs pouring out of your ground. <laughs> I mean, there, there was obviously, there was obviously money in there, although probably not a lot. But I guess what really cemented it for me was I created like a really, really, really quick, basic prototype, which was literally like a thing of GIFs. You couldn't like view them in the app because I hadn't figured that out yet. <laughs> uh, you could literally just copy and paste them and they would sync to Dropbox. I am envious of your prototype. I had to learn OpenGL for my prototype. <laughs> I mean, I had to yeah. figure out how to display GIFs. That's not super easy on iOS, as it it's turns out. It's not OpenGL. No, it's not. Yeah. But it, like, it's not... I need like, to get into a different market. Why do I always pick the hard ones? Jesus. <laughs> what you like? I don't know. The, I, I, re, I recall looking fondly at your, your graphs from your blog post the other day, Curtis. I, I wonder why you got into the market that you did. <laughs> It was super basic, and it wasn't called GIF wrapped at the time. Was it called GIF wrapped? <laughs> no, it was called Quick GIF because I was obsessed with the letter Q for some reason. I showed that to a bunch of people. I took that to like mm. Cocoa Heads. I took it to mm. some camp things that I went to, like developer camps and stuff like that, and just kind of showed people what I was working on. And I mean, nobody was like, "Yeah, I'll pay money for this," but they were like, "Oh, that's cool." So I was, you know, so it it kind of gave me a yeah. little bit more confidence to kind of do the final push that I needed to get it done. What about you, Alice? Oh, I clearly made it for selfish reasons. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. I was desperate to make sure there was something that could teach my kids basic Cantonese because what we had out there, there's just not a whole lot, especially for Cantonese. There's a lot of stuff for Mandarin because that's just everywhere now. And no one, so no one wants to make stuff for Cantonese anymore. Uh, so I'm not sure I did a whole lot of research, but I just knew that this is what I want and I'm going to make it no matter what. After we released and we were getting ready to do additional things, I did do surveys and that helped quite a bit, but I don't have any numbers on what, how much money I could ever possibly make. Yeah. Well, nor do I, to be fair. I just at least knew the market I was jumping into was one that generally threw some money around. Yeah, and wasn't yeah. one that like, you know, I'm not going to make an app for kite flyers because they buy a, I'm probably <laughs> talking completely wrong and there are a thousand dollar kites for all I know, but I assume I it's, a, it's a reasonably inexpensive <laughs> sport. So that was more like, it wasn't heavy, crazy research. It was just making sure the industry was as sizable, sizable as I thought it might be. Please email Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> Getting a bunch of angry kite flyer emails now. I don't think they're cheap. <laughs> I, I love my um, stunt guide growing up. Don't hate me. <laughs> so, Jelly, you mentioned that uh, it was a relatively quick process from idea to submitting to the App Store. And I think uh, when we worked on the sequel to Gus on the Go... <laughs> Gus on the Go 2, the search for more money? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's it. And it took us forever, mostly because we didn't know what it was supposed to look like. We knew we were going to get further into grammar, which is a lot more difficult to teach than vocabulary. And that that gave us a lot of um, like development fatigue. Mm. A, we didn't really know exactly where we were going until much, like, like a year in. And then by then we're just kind of tired of it, <laughs> which sounds terrible. But it's just what I think just what happens, especially when you're working with someone who's across the pond. When we talked about this third incarnation, we're just really interested on how do we properly get to our new MVP as quick as possible. So what are the things that you guys do to make sure that you're moving quickly? So like moving quickly now or moving quickly when we launched? When you launched. Yes, that's a whole different set of shortcuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the moving quickly now com compared to moving quickly when I launched is is very, very different. When I launched, my goal was literally how little time can I spend on this <laughs> and, and still have a working product. Honestly, it's probably this that's probably the same approach now as like how how little time can I spend on this <laughs> um, so I can you know work on other things uh, in the future. But I mean, it was it was I just made a lot of decisions to just leave things out. And I was obviously very ruthless with that. That was the only way that I was going to be able to like to ship things very quickly. So you know, obviously, I was too ruth too ruthless, um, <laughs> which is why I had to like basically not go back to the drawing board, but like certainly pile on a bunch of new things. And I mean, that whole process came with its own set of baggage that I'm still vaguely dealing with today. But even though I had all of the ideas for things that I wanted to do, I definitely, at the beginning, wanted to add something to search the internet so that I wouldn't have to do it through Google or whatever I was using at mm -hmm. the time. Um, I def I wanted to like build in this you know Twitter idea because that sounded really cool and somebody had suggested that some I do something like that because they'd seen it in some other app and not not a GIF app but like some other I think it was like a podcast app or something and you know I wanted to bring some certainly wanted to bring these features but I left them because. 
that was the only reason that was the only way that I was going to be able to get anything to the app store in the first place. I was busy. I was working on client stuff. I was, you know, doing other I had other things going on in my life other than, you know, other than gift wrapped. It was never like my means to millions of dollars. Even I could uh could recognize that at the beginning. So that just meant that I had to like be very, very specific as to what I worked on. And mm-hmm. at, at the in the end, that's the only reason that I actually managed to ship it because I was cutting everything out that I possibly could. Yeah, so I think I approached things slightly differently because I knew, I mean, I was starting in April and my goal was to ship for the winter season. Specifically, I was targeting iOS 7, which thanks for that redesign in June, right, as I was getting ready to really get into it, Apple. But like I said, a lot of it was unique visualization. So I prototyped that stuff pretty quickly as best I could in Photoshop. And then I used briefs back in the day to get some kind of interaction on my phone, which is those Photoshop mockups and try things out. And that definitely helped me flesh out my original designs pretty quickly because I found like, okay, if I have those 3D views embedded in the scroll view that you scroll up and down and the stats are below each 3D view, you know, your eye can't differentiate as it's scrolling through. So having one area at the top that's pinned and you just see it move around, that works a lot better because there's a lot less visual noise at that point. Um, So getting some of those key kind of ideas figured out before I got into the code helped a lot. Mm. So I've always been very Mm. prototype in photoshop or sketch or whatever and just kind of tap at it on the phone kind of guy and that generally helps me flesh out a lot of stuff but then there was i had to spend time as quickly as i could just proving that i could hit some key concepts like can i teach myself OpenGL and figure out oh by the way you can't draw a straight line in there you've got to draw a tube that just happens to look like a line when it's rendered in 2d but that way it's not one pixel wide yeah. like all kinds of weird stuff like that teaching myself some shaders like i knew i needed to learn all this if i was going to ship it so some of that stuff i prototyped earlier um rather than later just to like have the twofold of like prove that i can do the code that i need to do like lift versus run detection and stuff and then also prove that i could ship some designs that were worthwhile so i really focused on those two and then it kind of all came together at the last minute into an actual app But I think the design wireframe stuff, I still do a lot of. I still like to prototype and sketch in that way. And that's kind of a, not a trick, but just kind of a technique I've kept going forward that I found, at least for me, works really well with my workflow. And Sketch just uh, released like new Yeah, Sketch just, yeah, they, you can now do interactions inside of Sketch and deploy that to your phone with just your Sketch files, which is great because unfortunately when Briefs came out, I love the tool. It was $200 from martian craft but then they kind of just sat on development and nothing there was like one update but then it didn't even really get updated for the ios 7 stuff Mm. so i'm very happy that now there's a very very good design tool with interaction built in again yeah i I never really do a lot of interaction design like on a computer i sketch the heck out of everything i literally have on my desk a sketch for a thing that (laughs) i'm working on um for, for gift wrapped i don't do a lot more prototyping than that but okay. I definitely like I definitely go through a process where I, I think about what is the most important stuff. And I, I talked about that. We talked about that on maybe the last episode. No, it won't be the last episode. It'll be the episode before last, episode 22, Feature Creep, in which we, we talked about like, you know, how to deal with things blowing out. And you, you have to take a mentality really early on that like you've got to choose the things that are the most important to you and work on those and when I say most important to you, I mean that that could mean like you personally, or it could mean uh, your users, or it could mean like right. the market or whatever, whatever you feel is appropriate. But I think the trick is like you got to figure out what it is that's 
especially the stuff that's core to the app. If it's core, then obviously it's important. And then focus, really focus in on that. And then, and then everything else can just be, can be added. And then you, and when you do add those things, you think about like how that's going to affect your app and stuff like that. That's definitely how I approached it. I mean, I didn't go to the extent of like prototyping is so much on paper or uh, in like Photoshop or whatever. I did more code prototyping, but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like, Figuring it out what at what is important and uh, like focusing on that is going to be the most helpful. Yeah, that's because like I tried sketching. I still have my original files. I always keep them around for some reason. My original uh, hand sketches of slopes ideas. And one thing I found that didn't work for me was it was way too easy to assume something was going to not look good in a design sense, but look good in a visual hierarchy and understanding all the data type of sense. And I crammed way too much stuff on those screens because <laughs> there were little, little squiggles and sketches and stuff. So I found for me, as long as I can do it quickly and not pixel obsess, but just really quick and sketch, just get some ideas out, that kind of way ended up working well for me. So I think it's more mm-hmm. find whatever medium you can work quickly in. Yeah, you know, Be it sketching, mm, writing yeah. notes maybe will work for some people. For me, it's in sketch. For Jelly, it's pencil and paper. Find that area that you can move quickly on and f- encourage yourself to iterate quickly and get through a lot of those decisions before they're expensive to make. Yeah. I, I've mentioned it before and I'll mention it again because I like to mention it. There's an there's an excellent, excellent WWDC video from I think 2014, which I'll link and it'll be in the show notes. It's called Prototyping Fake It Until You Make It. They cover three different methods of prototyping an app, the, the same app, just different extents. Uh, one of which is code prototyping, which isn't like, it's not what you think it is. Spoilers. Well, I'm not going to go into what it actually is. You ruined the surprise. <laughs> oh, it's it's the clickbait title. It's you know these the the last one will surprise you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there was other ones. There was like paper and pen, and there was there was doing stuff with actual like a prototyping tool, like the new sketch stuff. It's an excellent video. You should go and watch it. Yeah, I think I, I know one question that you were kind of alluding to uh, offline was you know what what advice would you give your former self type of thing. And I think what Jelly's saying right there is definitely I'll just copy it preemptively. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's always stealing credit for someone else's work. By the way, I didn't even write slopes. Uh, <laughs> it's a ghost writer a working on slopes. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. <laughs> My cat writes it. Um, <laughs> That's a productive cat. <laughs> but um, definitely find a way Smart. to find something you can prototype in and iterate fast in whatever that tool set is and focus on that yeah. before you start focusing on like, I know Gus three is probably going to have a lot of content generation that you're going to have to do mm-hmm. easy to get stuck in the weeds there. Yeah. Like I think really the MVP thing is, you know, just find a way to iterate fast so you can think through things fast and then mm-hmm. you have to leave yourself time to implement it. But there's a lot yep. of assumptions you need to challenge up front to get to that stage. And if the way you're doing it is expensive, from a time perspective, it's not going to work out as well. Mm. Now, Jelly, you can steal my idea for my former <laughs> advice. <laughs> well, I'm thing at the seams. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna flip it. I'm gonna take what you said and say completely the opposite. I'm going to say <laughs> slow the heck down. That's what I would say to my form, my past self. <laughs> One of the things that I we didn't really get into, but kind of I alluded to, was that like I did all this work to get the first few. Th- bits of features in to gift wrapped and try to ship it and then i had to pile on a bunch of other stuff piling on that other stuff i didn't necessarily go into with full forethought and kind of consideration 
I just jumped in and threw stuff in there because I thought it was needed and wanted to get something out. And that I'm still still having to deal with like the the decisions that I made at that point, mm. which weren't necessarily the best decisions. Mm. So it's not just about moving fast. It's also about having not not moving slowly, but like moving with thought and moving and not just jumping into stuff because you think it's going to be good down yeah. the track. The decisions that you make in your first shipping product are going to define that product for a long time. Right. If you make decisions at that point that aren't necessarily good or well thought out, you're going to regret it, absolutely regret it in the future. So, yeah, my, my advice is the opposite of Curtis. Don't move fast. Move slowly. <laughs> See, now, aren't you glad I stole your original idea? Because now you could be sage two times. Yeah. Just pumping it through my mouth. I'm just, I'm just like, I've got all the wisdom as, as it turns you out. You do today. <laughs> I mean, so we're not exactly at square one. You know, we have a, we're going to be not recycling, but like bringing in some of the original yeah. content. We kind of know what works. But I want to make it better. I want we're going to be adding a lot more content, so that feel is going to be different from the first one that just had ten lessons. Like mm. hopefully there'll be endless content. So I kind of have to think of through what what that's going to look like for the experience. That's totally different. So hopefully somewhere we'll between you know be between fast and slow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, here we are. We're gonna we're moving forward now. Finally. So anyway, as usual. I am ready to jump, <laughs> so stay tuned to see where I land. If you'd like to sh- uh, throw, I don't know, a trampoline our way, sometimes <laughs> virtual bowls of food, are, are we you, will accept. Are you jumping out of a window or something? What are you yeah, jumping? I, I feel like I always do. <laughs> right. Uh, but you can always contact us at hello at independence.fm or independence.fm slash contact. Subject line sometimes. trampolines, please. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and sometimes you can find me on Twitter at eat a duck I must. And you can find me on Twitter as parrots, the plural of the bird. And I'm also there, uh, though not bird themed, as <laughs> jelly bean soup. Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you again in two weeks. Bye-bye.